0: Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Alex. Hey, Alex. Do you remember when a ship getting stuck in a canal didn't threaten the world's supply of oil? Do you remember, <laughs> Polly Sigh?
1: ship gets stuck in the Suez Canal, and now nobody can get any of their oil. Goddamn ship. Whoa, Brandon! It's remember, poli size is it episode fifteen? Is that where we've made it up to episode fifteen? We did, and and I
0: broke my microphone by screaming into it. I tried to pull my head back. I'm looking at the waveform now. Looked a little loud, so i yeah, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> Brandon, you clipped out the microphone. Yeah, the the Suez Canal. We're gonna definitely get into that. It's very interesting um, to think so the about. Most interesting size. In a sh- yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. No, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, the size get- of the ship. It- This ship is as big as the Empire State Building.
0: It's it's funny. It's uh, the most interested in the ship I've been since Bodie McBoatface. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to dig into this.
1: You remember I that? I love it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I so that was uh, it, what was it? It like a naval vessel or a research vessel that they had a uh, there was a worldwide competition um, to solicit names for this vessel and and then everybody could vote and the name that won was Bodie McBoatface. Right? It, it was a was it a climate research vessel or something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was something like that and yeah you're right they had a they had a contest and that's what you do that's that's what happens if you open up a contest to the internet you're gonna get Answers like Bodie McBoatface, but anyway, I think that they they didn't end up going with that name, but it's like it's it has like, it's like a its
1: official nickname or something. I don't know. That is so weak. What's wrong with Bodie McBoatface? I mean, it can still do serious work with a silly name like that. What's the problem? Yeah, that's I the, agree. That's the modern ethos. It's like you know, it, being informal, like this informal way of approaching things. I love that about the modern modern era. I mean, there's some bad things too, but I that's one. Particular part of it that I actually like. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I wish my doctor were named Dr. McDoctorface,
0: because then I'd know <laughs> really where their expertise lies. And when you looked at them, you'd be like, I am looking at McDoctor's doctor Face right now. Did we, didn't we make the dentist-crentist joke last episode? I feel like we did. Um, yes, we did. Yeah, we did. so we, anyway. We
1: made... We, you know, we got to rehash some of our favorites, though, because, you know, when you hit something that works, you know, you're not going to get the same audience every podcast, right? We have our our certain folks that tune in every other podcast or maybe people that are picking us up for the first time. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. But you know what they always do tune in for is news.
0: You can. Yeah, ho! <laughs> well, I got in full <laughs> creed there. Damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, I needed to have some like leathers on for that. That's I I didn't quite commit in the beginning. But then by the by the second uh, I, had commi- I had committed, I had committed.
0: That's Oh, right. my so, Lord.
1: News you can use. OK, so the biggest news, I think it's very exciting. I think you think it's very exciting. I hope that a lot of people find it uh, exciting. President Joe Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden, has announced that he will direct states to make all adults eligible for the covid-19 vaccine by May 1st. So this is really good. There's actually some states that have already opened up the vaccine to anyone who wants to get it, who's over the age of 16. Um, But, you know, in our state, in Oregon, they're still pretty stingy. They're trying to um, vaccinate at risk populations first. And I'm assuming they're having enough demand that they're not needing to you know open it up yet but anyway as of may 1st anyone who wants a vaccine should be able to get a vaccine i also read an article that said it is likely it is likely that in june or july the demand or the supply of the vaccine will outstrip demand and we will actually be facing a glut of COVID 19 vaccines in the united states at that point good. which is a good problem to That's have a good right? problem to have yeah no exactly
0: I, I actually had a question about this so first of sure, all
1: sure sure,
0: for sure. First of all, that's great news. That's what we want to see. We want all eligible adults to get the vaccine because we want this pandemic ostensibly
1: to go away. That would be great. So wait, I, can I say one other thing? Yeah. So when I say COVID-19 vaccine, there are three COVID-19 vaccines that are approved for use in the United States of America. They are the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So that's three flavors of vaccines that you can get that have been approved for use. Which one is the bubble gum flavor? Uh, None of them because they're all injections and I that would
0: be like, weird. I feel like the Johnson and Johnson, because when I think about Johnson and Johnson, I think about like baby powder and stuff. So like I feel like that's like the children's one, even though it's totally not. They're all great. They're all safe. Go get the vaccine. Um, Yeah, so I had a question about <laughs> this, though.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a, It's kind of a moral question, you are a medical professional. I feel like you're pretty well equipped to answer this, so mm, there have maybe. been like a lot of waxing poetic and people wringing their hands about folks who have quote jumped the line they've yeah. either become eligible for for the vaccine because they have stretched the truth about what you know what makes them eligible, or you know perhaps there have been um times when at sites where the vaccine is being administered, that they've had extra doses and people who would otherwise not be eligible have, have received the vaccine. What is your opinion? And I, I know it, it, You know it may depend on whether you're asking this question a month from now or a month ago or today about someone who is not eligible for the vaccine in their state finding a way to get creative to get the vaccine do you have an opinion about that i'm just curious where you land on that on that issue oh
1: it's a really good question i mean this this goes to the root of you know are you a collectivist culture or are you an individualist culture in a sense and um i personally am aware of uh, a number of people who have found ways to skip the line and get the vaccine. Um, young people and old people. <laughs> I'm not gonna name any names. And the way that they've Does done name it. In rhyme
0: Oregon, is
1: <laughs> no,
0: I'm a frontline medical provider. I know. You, so you got I, your vaccine five years ago. You got it dude, like even I, before COVID existed.
1: <laughs> I got my first vaccine on the same day Dr. Anthony Fauci got his vaccine and I got my and then on the day when I had my second vaccine scheduled, again Fauci was in the news getting his second, and so was I. Uh, though I wasn't in the news, are you saying um, that you are in fact Dr. Anthony Fauci? I may as well be at this point. <laughs> oh
0: my god!
1: <laughs> so I mean, uh, I, I don't. I just. I mean, I think in some regard we need to trust our states because every state is different. That's the whole point of the United States, right? Where we're kind, we've got these different commonwealths. We have these, you know, this arrangement of states that are, are semi-autonomous, and I think we should leave it up to states to decide. And if you're in a certain state where you're not eligible. I, you know, I don't think it's right for you to say, well, I, I matter more than other people. I mean, I think states are trying to get this vaccine to as many people as possible. Now, that said, I just want to say, you know, I've asked people, well, how did you cheat? Like, how how were you able to get the vaccine? Oh, you're apparently, not supposed
0: to ask that question, Alex.
1: Well, I just wanted to know. And so one of the, basically the answer I get is like, well, when you fill out the form, you just say you're eligible. And then when you get the vaccine, nobody asks you. I've also have, have had people sense. say... You know, they've shown up to vaccination sites on the day of uh, an event and been like, hey, can I have a vaccine, even though I don't qualify? And that, you know, the the vaccination places have basically said, sure, get a vaccine. We have plenty. And I think that's a different a different matter altogether. If you show up and say, hey, do you have any extra? Because, you know, these these vaccines can be somewhat unstable. Um, But I don't I mean, lying to get the vaccine you know, probably shouldn't do that unless, I don't know. There's only some gray area, but probably not. Well, like, I, I am, like, not to pick at this too much,
0: but I do wonder, like, I think some people have this vision that if you are one of these people who've gotten creative to get the vaccine, and just full disclosure, I'm not one of those people, I've not been vaccinated, but that you're taking the vaccine from the arm of somebody who really, really needs it. And I just wanted to, like, your point about that there are vaccines that are going to waste or they have extra, you know, at the end of the night, um, I don't know. Like, it's just, I think it's an interesting question of, like, how bad is it really? Or, on the other hand, you know, I've seen a lot of think pieces from, like, smart people, medical professionals, analysts saying... Shots in arms doesn't matter who it goes to or how, like at this point we need to get people vaccinated and if someone's motivated enough to get a vaccine, more power to them. So I don't know. It's just something I've been I've been thinking about myself as my eligibility creeps closer. And uh, yeah, it's been on my mind. I want to ask you about it? So, yeah, good answer.
1: Well, and let's talk about a couple other things that I think are important to mention here regarding vaccines. So you'll remember Joe Biden, his goal was to get 100 million doses of this vaccine given within his first 100 days. He has not yet reached 100 days. And we are at I'm looking at the, the most updated timeline, 140 million doses given. 3.5 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine given every day. 50 million people are now fully vaccinated in the United States, which uh, I guess the total is around 15% of the population, though I've heard some numbers actually uh, say that that number is actually even higher. Um, so the United States is actually doing extremely well on vaccination compared to the rest of the world. And, you know, I recently in the news, you know, Trump was in the news. I know we're going to mention him a couple of times. You know, Basically requesting credit for this. And I wanted to ask you, Brandon, in your and just be completely honest about not how much you think Donald Trump did a did a good job, you know, managing the pandemic. But regarding some plans they put in place to develop vaccine, do you think Donald Trump, maybe not him personally, but his administration deserves some small amount of credit for this or or a large amount of credit? Of course, they deserve some some amount of credit. I mean, the the
0: previous administration and their staff, they did. It it doesn't matter. Like, you you put the caveat that we're not talking about how they could have done much better, which they deserve criticism for. But it would also – it would be really weird, I think, to just ignore the fact – that yeah that some of these plans were laid in the past and look like it's people around trump it's people you know who are technical experts that as much as trump was a terrible leader who put bad people in charge of a lot of agencies there were many many people public servants trying their best to make stuff happen And so to give no credit at all is odd. I think it's more odd for Trump himself to try to slide in and and take the credit. Like He was the president. Like He had his time to be held accountable for the things he did and didn't do, to be praised for the things that he did, to be criticized for the things that he didn't. That time has come and gone, and he's no longer president. And there's nothing about how the U.S. is approaching this today which is so much better off specifically because of what trump did again what i would say is he deserves some credit but there is no and was no coordinated master plan like a lot of what's been happening lately with the coordination and increase in communication all this stuff has been because of the biden administration so he deserves some credit i think the fact that he wants credit is weird so i think both can be true at the same
1: time that's that's been the problem with Trump the whole time it's like I really don't want a leader whose main goal is that you say they did a good job like that's not why are you using so much mental energy on that but I will say regarding you know what they called at the time operation warp speed basically the United States made heavy investments in a number of uh, you know vaccine manufacturers and and basically you know pre-ordered vaccines before they were fully studied you know the most promising ones before they were fully studied before They were approved. And that turned out to be a very beneficial gambit for the United States. I'm just reading on New York Times right now that about a third of U.S. adults have received at least one vaccine. And in Europe, I just heard on the radio it's somewhere around 10%. So the United States, you know, as 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 poorly as we've done with this, I mean, obviously our death rate is ridiculous compared to the rest of the modern world. Um, what we're doing with vaccines is a bright spot. And I just I wanted to underline that I think we are doing really well. Um, and so, and one, Trump, one more, if you're, if you're, you're listening, Trump, you get some credit. You get a little credit for that.
0: Sure. He does. But then also, like, remember, the US missed an opportunity to pre order more vaccines very early on, right? And I think it was Pfizer. Um, who essentially said, okay, we're going to pivot to some other countries. The U.S. had the ability to get more vaccines sooner. The Trump administration messed that up. They deserve criticism for that. So, you know, tempering all of this, I just, again, eh, I, I,
1: I'm, I'm not going to like defend Trump because, you know, I absolutely despise you're Trump. You're literally on air defending Trump, Alex. I, I don't like him and I don't like and his family. I can family. see that you're wearing a red <laughs> hat with white letters. <laughs> but I mean, they didn't know at the time which, va- which vaccine was going to be successful, right? No Nobody knew, so they did. A, they, I would just argue that you should have job.
0: overinvested in all of them. Like you should have literally planned to have more than you needed, right? Like the, the well, like a really well, good investment would have been to just spend more money than you needed to and kind of like, ho- it's like, you know, it's like, it's when you're betting on sports and you're kind of splitting your bets between multiple different oh, parlays. Mean, and it's you like, you mean
1: top shot, you mean betting, betting on top shot? No, not betting on top <laughs> Shot. It's different. It's different. I'm talking about like,
0: I was okay. on actually, I, I, on the Oregon lotteries, um, app and like a blazers game that could be like, Damian Lillard gets more than 30 points. CJ McCollum gets more than 30 points. Wow. Lillard I didn't know. Th- and CJ McCollum both get more than 30 points. And it's like, damn, like if like we're not talking about winning a little bit of money, we're talking about saving people's lives, which, by the way, has a tangible impact on the economy. What the Trump administration should have done is said, OK, to any manufacturer that said we can pump out this many vaccines, even if the total number added up to more than you needed. Like you just said, you don't know which ones are going to be approved, or which ones work or the efficacy rate, or all that stuff. They should have overinvested. They didn't. They dropped the ball. They should be criticized for that. That's my opinion.
1: Fair enough. Um, And I want to talk a little bit more about vaccines because it's interesting. Now, Brandon, you had texted me somewhat earlier in the week and you were a little upset about something in the news. Not upset, but just kind of like, what the heck? Tell me, do you remember what I'm talking about? Alex, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. So for you asking me <laughs> what I texted you over a week ago, <laughs> it's pretty unfair. Yeah, no,
0: I was wondering and uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people feel the same uh. way. I was wondering about I heard some news about a different vaccine. You had mentioned that there are three approved for u- use in the U.S., the Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. But I saw the U.S. is sending vaccines to other countries. And I was like, what? Um, and I was like, Alex, what is the deal? What, what's the deal with the U.S. sending vaccines to other countries? Like, And I was like, I want my vaccine, man. Like, come on. Like, what's going on? So uh, you responded that this was the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is not authorized for use in the U.S., but is authorized
1: for use in other countries. Um, yeah, like the U.K. They're u- So they're using this in Europe. Um, AstraZeneca Oxford, I believe it was developed in the U.K. Um, Very and so, British yeah, so, name, the Oxford on there. It's- Oxford. It's the Oxford edition of the vaccine. You must <laughs> take the Oxford edition. Yes. Every- ah.
0: Everybody in Downton Abbey is getting this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. the queen Megan Ma- Markle it. cannot get it though. She has to go with one oh, of the U.S. Oh. I don't even want to talk about those two. I don't even understand. I have not been following that story. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I just don't the long, I don't story, know, I don't... The
0: long story short, the royal family is is messed up, man. And like they yeah. they, they that, that's it. That's all you need to know.
1: So anyway, continue. I, I know there's some creepy racist stuff, and I heard one commentator say, like, you're surprised that like an eighty year old who drives to fancy mansions in a range. Rover is racist. <laughs> it's like I, mean, I don't know. You're really sp- anyway. Yeah. So that that's it's, your that's your A, a family that that literally believes in bloodlines. They believe that's important. Like that is like that's inherently racist in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. I just I I'm not into the royal family. Um forget forget the royal family for now. So about the AstraZeneca shot, so it, it has been approved, it is being used. You know, it was temporarily paused. Um, because there were some concerns for um, deep vein thrombosis or blood clots occurring with this vaccine, the World Health Organization has come out said there's no link between the shot and these blood clots. This vaccine appears to be pretty effective, um, almost on par with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. The technology is very similar. It appears to be about uh, 76% effective with the first dose, 82% a sec- effective with the second dose. Um, so it's it's a decent vaccine, and I just want to say yes. So it's not of proof for use in the united states and so um the biden administration has been trying to you know basically do a little bit of dealing with mexico obviously we have a a problem with the border and you're telling me biden's the one making all the deals he's making the deals now man and he's not (laughs) yeah not pulling any punches so i mean mexico he's sending 2.5 million doses of of this vaccine that's not approved in the united states to mexico the population of mexico is 127 million so it's not that much he's sending 1.5 million to canada the population of canada i don't know what is it 34 million or something i want to look it up really quick i actually don't Pop- know population of canada let's see i'll call 37 million okay wow and so- 35 million of those are canadian geese Alex. Did you know that <laughs> Honk, honk. Oh, my (laughs) God. That's great. So, I mean, this is a very small number of vaccine. And like, I I mean, yeah, I have no problem with with sharing an unapproved vaccine that we're not using here. It's just sitting in warehouses. It was part of the, you know, pre buy that the uh, Operation Warp Speed got off the ground. So why not share it? Why not share it? I don't I don't see a big reason not to. What about you?
0: Yeah, sharing is caring. I mean, I I also think even if it were approved for use in the U.S., I, I understand There is some amount of balance that you have to strike between – like, like if the choice were the U.S. were in a position to, like, only vaccinate people in the U.S. and then start doling it out to the world, that is not the right way to do it, right? I mean, we live – in in a global economy a global community people travel by like all of that stuff it's like i i as much as i may have even had like a little feeling of like oh where's my vaccine and like, give it to other countries like even if that were the case that it were approved for use in the u.s i think that some amount of coordination of sharing is needed and you know so there you go Especially with, you
1: know, a country directly to our north and directly to our south. Yeah, you (laughs) think it's important. It's kind of a no brainer. But um, I I will admit I, I do have some level of guilt regarding how early I got the vaccine just Why? because I live, I know I work with in healthcare, but I mean, there are countries where this, they really haven't gotten vaccination off the ground at all. And it just has to do with economic power. So just by virtue of the place that I happen to live, I, I mean, you'll see, once you have the vaccine, you kind of feel like you have a superpower. Honestly, I don't think about COVID anymore. I, I wear a mask and stuff, so I don't, you know, make other people uncomfortable, but like, I don't worry about COVID at all, like at all. Yeah. And it is that's kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty in the slightest. Um, um, that's don't do that. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm not you know doing what else it anymore. You shouldn't do Alex.
1: What's you tell
0: me, Brandon, what should I not do? You should not try to suppress people's votes so here we <laughs> have
1: haven't. what the hell i haven't what you, okay what good you, no i've got what do you see you know who
0: has though is the state of georgia <laughs> uh again uh. the state of georgia just leading the world in trying their damnedest to make sure that people's voices are not heard so there uh. was a voter suppression bill signed into law by georgia governor brian kemp it's something that biden called the jim crow in the 21st century uh and i wanted to talk about A couple key features of this bill. Um, So, in this bill, if you want to vote absentee, you now have to submit a driver's license or some other documentation. If you don't have a driver's license, you need to submit additional proof of identity. The reason why that is messed up, Alex, there is not evidence that there is widespread voter fraud, that people are impersonating others in order to vote. Georgia's election in particular this last November was very highly scrutinized. Their own elections officials said that this kind of thing didn't happen. And yet here come Georgia politicians creating another
1: hurdle for people who want to vote. Um, But let me ask you a question. Is it conceivable that someone at some point did do that absolutely
0: it is and that happens we know (laughs) that happens it's also conceivable that the more barriers you put to voting the fewer people who are eligible to vote vote and that is we have seen this time and time again not just in georgia but around the country there is widespread massive evidence that preventing people from voting impacts elections there is not widespread evidence that people impersonating other people are affecting elections, it's not the same thing at all. The or- it's orders of magnitude more important to make sure people can vote than to prevent them from voting. So basically it's under the guise of, oh, we're protecting the vote, but really they're trying to stop people
1: from voting. OK, here's another key feature of this law. There are so many interesting, uh, d- disgusting, honestly, but features of the features. Let's say that in quotes. Well, it's features. a feature, not a bug, right? Like that's something that we yeah. hear a this, lot. It's like. remember, me- Yeah. Remember we were talking about systems produce the outcome they're designed to produce. Well, this is Republicans trying to create a system system, then they're trying to get an outcome. Right. Exactly. They're trying. They're trying to filter out votes they don't want. That's what they're doing. OK, so continue. Tell me more about it. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I'll just uh, go through
0: these really quick that, you know, the absentee drop boxes can no longer be in locations convenient to voters like libraries or government buildings. They have to be inside of early voting locations. And moreover, those drop boxes will not be available to people in the last four days of the election, when, by the way, it's too late to mail them. So again, there's no good reason to prevent people from being able to drop off their ballot. There's no evidence to suggest that there's some solution that they've come up with to solve a problem. It's literally just to prevent people from voting. And this is the worst part. And this is the part that you probably heard about volunteers are now prohibited from delivering items like food or water or folding chairs to people who are waiting in voting lines. And the justification was that people are lobbying people to change their vote. But there is, again, no (laughs) evidence that that happens. And Alex, here's two things. (laughs) One, it's now illegal to give people water. And the other thing is the term voting line shouldn't exist. Right. You and I, you and I live in in Oregon. We have vote by mail.
1: You can drop off your ballot into a box. You can put it in the mail. Guess what you can do. You can sit on the toilet in the morning and vote and you can put it in the mail in the afternoon and forget about it forever. You literally can be at (laughs) your kitchen table with your cats begging
0: you for food. And you could be filling out your ballot. There's no line. So, like, the, so uh, all of this is really gross. And, and here's something that made me particularly sad. Um, do you remember Gabriel Sterling, Alex? Does that name ring a bell to you?
1: No. Did I know this
0: person? Who are they? You should know who they are. Uh, we talked about him on our previous podcast. He is a Georgia elections official who pushed back really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yes. Yeah, he's yes. like a technocratic. Kind of wonky, data-driven. You know. By the way,
1: a Republican who admitted he was a Republican in public and said, "I hope Republicans win," but there's no evidence of voter fraud whatsoever. And Donald Trump, can you please be quiet? Absolutely. That's basically, Do you yes. remember
0: how much we praised him? Yes. Like I, I had, I went on to Twitter. And I wrote this dude saying, "Hey, from one public servant to another, I really appreciate you know your comments about this." And and he liked that tweet, so he saw my message to him, Alex. What? Well, you know what he's saying now. What he's he's like? He's loving this. So he went on NBC and he said, "Politics is going to politic." They, meaning Georgia lawmakers, wanted to do this in response to a lot of the fraudulent claims of the president, absolutely, but it doesn't mean there aren't good things in the law. And so then people called him out on Twitter, and he responded, nothing in this bill suppresses anyone's vote, nothing. Those saying so are just stirring the pot and raising money. The claim of voter suppression has the same level of truth as the claims of voter fraud in the last election, end quote. Mm. What a jerk, Dude, are we try- Alex, are you and I trying to raise money on this podcast? Are we making money off this thing? Is that what we're doing here? Like, we do this for the love, brother. That's for the love. But like literally this guy, he is bending over backwards in the same breath that he says this is a political bill in the same breath that he says this is in response to fraudulent claims in the same breath as he's admitting the same as I said that none of these solutions are actually solving problems. He then also says. But I think it's good. It's disgusting and it's deplorable. It's really gross.
1: Like this preventing people from voting is not good. Here, Let ever. me let, let me just say what. And and actually, Brad Raffensperger is in the same boat now. We also praised him multiple times. Brad Raffensperger, this was a secretary of state in Georgia, correct? Correct. And is he's that, the, is the person that. who Gabriel Sterling works for. Yeah, and so and who stood up to Donald Trump. Um, actually, the the state of Georgia is still investigating Donald Trump for attempting to influence the election there, and it was because of a, a recorded conversation that Brad Raffensperger recorded. Right, so Raffensperger is very much saying the exact same things as Sterling. You know that you know this is this is just people being Paul doing politics. The left is going to be proved wrong. You know this. We're just trying to tighten things up. There's nothing in here that's, you know, inherently trying to get people not to vote, but... Why do they need to limit voting access on Sundays, Brandon? This this for me is like one of the most cruel and and easily demonstrably racist parts of this bill. You know, Joe Biden called it Jim Crow in the 21st century. Um, and you talked about this. You talked about the Souls to the Polls movement, where folks in, in black churches basically go vote on Sunday after service, right? Yep. So they're going to limit voting. I believe what I heard on the radio is they're going to cancel sunday voting the weekend before the election what possible reason for that could there possibly be other than we don't like the votes that come in on that day honestly what else could it be i don't think it could be anything else like you like and it's not anything else and it's It's not not. i don't (laughs) think it can
0: be and it's actually not. So, yeah, so.
1: So what you have, I mean, you have to just draw a line of deduction here. You have Republicans and, and the wider point I wanted to make, like you're mad at Sterling and you're mad at Raffensburger, But those are just two guys. What this signals is the mainstream adoption of voter suppression as the Republican Party's method to try and maintain power. It has been accepted now. And there's bills all over the country. Georgia happens to be the first. And, you know, they signed this bill. It, it passed through the state legislature and the Senate so fast you couldn't even you couldn't even see the ink dry. And it got to the governor's desk and it was signed in the dead of night and they wouldn't allow a state lawmaker into the room to see it signed and she actually got, I guess, detained by police. And it produced some pretty, you know... Um, I don't know, powerful images of, you know, these all these white guys around a table signing this bill and then this black legislator being arrested outside trying to come in and and talk to them and watch the bill get signed. Do you think do you think, Brandon, because I've been reading a lot about this and I think the Republicans may actually be miscalculating here. I think that there's enough Strength built into the voting system that they will not actually suppress votes with this. They tried to suppress votes last election, too. It didn't work. Do you think this is actually going to mobilize Democrats even more?
0: I think that is very possible, right? Like I, I And especially the, the kind of the, the voting, get-out-the-vote apparatuses that have been built in Georgia are, are very strong. We've seen that, right? Um, the, frankly, two Democrats won Senate seats in a, in a runoff election that they had no business winning. The history would show they had no business winning. And because of the volunteers and the staff who were getting people motivated, getting people informed about how to vote and the ways in which to vote, I agree with you. This could be used as a rallying cry for Democrats. Democrats for fundraising, right? For getting people registered to vote, for getting people who maybe weren't as interested in politics to be more interested. So while this is a pretty disgusting and shameless attempt to suppress votes, I'm with you. I think there is a silver lining that making this so blatant and so public could be used to motivate people to to vote. And that could be a good thing, um, but time will tell.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the, you know, people are not stupid, right? They're not stupid. In fact, I have a quote here about it,
0: but, um, I mean, some people like Donald Trump most certainly are, but you're right. People, I don't know if I'd
1: call him stupid. I'd call him more morally blind, but I I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, they're, I just Stacey wanted to Abrams, make fun of them. <laughs> of course you did. I did too. Stacey Abrams and others, like you said, have built a very robust uh, information system to get the rules of, of voting out to people. All they need to do is recalibrate their machine. I actually think the more I look into this, maybe it's just me being hopeful, but I really hope that they have made a massive miscalculation here because generally, remember, Um, Voter turnout in runoff elections, like what happened in Georgia that that elected two Democratic senators, usually Democratic uh, turnout is suppressed during a runoff. And usually Democratic turnout is also less during uh, an off year election, a midterm election, which is coming up in twenty twenty two. I actually think that people are going to be so pissed and so angry and want they want people want to exercise the right to vote especially when you try to take it away from them yeah right?
0: people yeah exactly like yeah people people <laughs> want to vote especially if you're trying to
1: fuck with it like yeah people are gonna be more motivated so yeah i'm like done that so I I actually think this is a total miscalculation. I mean to watch the Republican Party go down this route, you know after John McCain and Romney lost, I don't know if you remember, you know they lost to Barack Obama, and they had this you know post mortem on the Republican Party. It's like we need to get you know more people of color involved in our party. Our white majority is shrinking. Like we need to be more of a diverse party that offers like appeals and 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 solutions for all kinds of people. Well, that is just out the window, right? Like they're just they've decided no way that is not the way we want to govern like like apartheid in South Africa essentially right we want we want to have the minority permanently in power it's the only way for us that's the only way forward we don't have ideas or solutions that are acceptable or uh, you know or, or even likable for people so what we're going to do is just keep people out of the polls I don't think it's going to work I really don't I hope it doesn't and I don't think it will I I I appreciate your optimism and I appreciate
0: um. <sighs> I, I I don't know. I, I think it's what you just said, I think is really important. And I'm just going to hope that that is how it plays out. I do think in the long run, like over many years and, uh, you know, over a decade, I, I agree with you in the short term. It may, it may be tough. I don't
1: know. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, the book is being written. So more news you can use. These are a little bit older, uh, older bullets that I have here, but I did want to talk about them. I mean, the global landscape has really shifted with, with Biden's presidency. It's probably It's actually neck snapping how quickly the United States has reversed course on the way we interact with allies and also the way we're willing to push back against countries like Russia. Um, I think, you know, we've continued to put some pressure on China. Trump famously did that in a very juvenile way. But uh, but Biden has continued to do this. I I wanted to ask you, did you did you see in the news um, a reporter had asked Biden essentially if he thought Putin was a killer, (laughs) which I think is a really leading question. Like, why would you ask a president like, do you think the president of another country is a killer? I'm not exactly sure how it came out, but Biden said, yeah, I do think that. And there was a little bit of a a spat in the media between Putin and Biden. Did you see that a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks ago? Yeah,
0: yeah, I did. And look, I mean, I don't (laughs) I I think that. I mean, this is going to sound like kind of a weird answer. Like Biden wasn't wrong. And, you know, it's also true if you look at any American president, I think that there's blood on every American president's hands. I know that's not what Biden was referring to. Biden was referring to more direct action Putin's taken against his political adversaries. Yeah, I
1: think he's, they're talking about Nivaldi, essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah right? I, understand, the poisoning, I understand. And yeah. so I,
0: I'm not trying to be like, you know, because wasn't part of Putin's response? Well, takes one to know one, like, which is a very Trumpian thing for him to say. And him and Trump are cut from part of the same cloth. But yeah,
1: I, I would argue Putin is what Trump would be if Trump was actually disciplined and and had had experience because trump uh, the only thing he's really had experience in is inheriting a ton of wealth and then like doing advertising gigs that's basically all trump does putin was actually in the kgb i mean putin has straight up tortured and killed people like putin's been there dude putin is scary i i think putin is really frightening honestly Oh yeah but so putin made this comment i just thought it was hilarious i'm gonna do it in putin's voice because you know i like impersonation so Himself responded uh, at an interview, saying, "I would like to offer President Biden the opportunity <laughs> to continue <laughs> to continue our discussion, but on the condition that what we do is live, online, without anything pre-recorded, in open, in direct discussion. It seems to me it would be interesting for both the Russian people and the U.S. people." As well as many other countries, so this is this is Putin basically saying, you know, Biden's too old, infirm, you know, demented, whatever, to to argue with me, which is the exact same line that Trump was using. I just think it's funny, you know. It's, that's funny. I also <laughs> like.
0: I, I I I maybe I'm ignorant. I, does how fluent is Putin's English? And I don't think
1: Joe Biden can speak Russian. Like I I don't know how that would work with a language barrier. Oh, I think they'd probably use an interpreter, though, you know, Putin, most of the time when he speaks, he is speaking in Russian, but I actually I looked up online, he, he seems like he may have just practiced some phrases, but I found a video of him speaking English, and it sounded really good, but I don't know. I, you I, know, yeah, Putin, I think he
0: can, I, I'm, d- I'm just thinking about, like, it, does he have enough command of the language to have, like, a policy debate about stuff? But, hey, it may, maybe he does, and, like, I, I guess it wouldn't surprise me, like you said, he was in the KGB, he's not, I mean, it, when I say him and trump were cut from part of the same cloth uh one thing i would never call putin is dumb um and and, again like i think trump is not dumb in a traditional sense but just like you said putin is disciplined he's experienced he's terrifying frankly yeah
1: Trump Trump is ignorant and indisciplined, which is almost the same thing as being dumb, but not quite <laughs> because, so, yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's very uh, he's very effective in what he does, which is making people angry and getting a certain type of person to basically bend the knee to him I mean he's good at that he's good at being a strong man but as far as playing a, a nuanced game I mean just look at I I don't we don't need to relitigate Trump I mean he's he's an idiot what was he doing with the insurrection I mean that was the stupidest thing ever he's totally dumb anyway yeah yeah I <laughs> think that's fine. fair It's fine. Um, So, yeah, anyway, we can move on from that. I want to talk briefly to, you know, China is a very difficult country for the United States to deal with because China is almost like capitalism 2.0, where the government and industry are in in lockstep with each other. So the Chinese government has a tremendous amount of power and a tremendous uh, ability to control the narrative and the dialogue and also the direction of their country. You know, while the United States is sort of like switching gears, changing presidents, China is just... Full steam ahead. We are going to be, you know, global superpower and they're starting to push and challenge a bit more. Um, And it's pretty interesting. I, I wanted to go into this thing with Hong Kong. Is this a good time to kind of talk about this briefly here? Yeah, I don't see why not. So, you know, Hong Kong, um, the Br- it was a British colony <laughs> that the, I'm not I'm not advocating for colonialism in any regard, but um, Hong Kong was was separate from the Chinese, the Chinese government. Right. It had it was like two systems. It was this two right. sim- systems sort of um, uh thing that was set up with China. And when Britain, uh the UK said, okay, you know, we're we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna let China take over, there was a treaty that was signed that basically said, you know, Hong Kong will remain semi autonomous. And China has just been eroding that. Um they're locking people up, they're they're putting pro democracy members of the legislature, they're expelling them, they're saying they can't be there anymore. And so recently the the UK came out and said, you know, you're in violation of this accord that we have had and china's response to it is like whatever you know we're we're starting to not really be able to negotiate so much with the with the chinese because they're just incredibly powerful and so there was um this summit uh it was a couple of weeks ago now anthony blinken went there and it ended up being sort of a stare down between the u.s and china where both uh countries were basically just saying you know you're grandstanding like Um, this rules based order that that the United States claims to represent, you guys can't even control your own people. You had an insurrection like you need to stop trying to force your form of government on the world. I'm going to read this quote. So China's top diplomat, um, Yang Zhexi, I'm sorry, I probably mispronounced that, but that's as close as I can get. He, he said publicly, we believe it is important for the United States to change its own image and to stop advancing its own democracy to the rest of the world. Many people within the United States actually have little confidence in the democracy of the United States, Yang said. According to opinion polls, the leaders of China have wide support of the Chinese people. The U.S. does not represent the world. It only represents the government of the United States. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's I don't agree with that. I mean, obviously, that's just
0: somebody who is trying to, you know, trying to use the fact that there are like lunatics in America who have made baseless claims about our elections to say that democracy is bad because they want to maintain autocracy and remain in power. Right. Like that, like what, I don't know, to me, people being able to determine what is happening in the country in which they live and how they participate as a community member um, through democracy is like incredibly, incredibly important just from like a moral standpoint and like, so, I don't know why I'm fumbling around with this so much, but yeah, I, I to me that's I don't really I don't really find that to be super compelling. It just sounds
1: like again, That, w- that wasn't that wasn't a fumble. I liked I really liked that response. So let me let me tell you what Blinken said. So so the they were trying to kind of move on. And Actually it was planned to, Yeah, oh, go go, go
0: for No, no, you're fine. Sorry.
1: During these remarks, it was sort of it was planned. They were each going to have like a two minute introduction. And then the Chinese ended up taking like 15 minutes or something. And then, you know, then they were like, oh, time to move on. And and Blinken was like, hold on one second, please hold on one second. I want to respond to that. And I'm just pretty impressed. Anthony Blinken seems like pretty amazing guy. Here's what he came up with off the top of his head. Right. Quote, we make mistakes. We have reversals. We take steps back. But what we've done throughout our history is confront those challenges openly, publicly and transparently, not trying to ignore them, not trying to pretend they don't exist. Blinken continued, sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's ugly, but each and every time we've come out stronger, better and more united as a country. Biden at the time, as he said, it's never a good bet to bet against America. I think that's a pretty good response, honestly. Yeah, it is. I mean, part
0: part of me, the, the cynical part of me is like when he's saying we make mistakes and we take steps back and we've confronted those challenges publicly and transparently. The U.S. has a really long history of burying stuff it doesn't want to come out, right? The U.S. has a long <laughs> history right, right. of doing things that are awful. So, like, I think that, like, you can find hypocrisy in the comments and kind of disingenuousness in, in comments from the U.S., in comments from China, in comments from any country. That being said, uh, I I don't think that any country saying that, well, some people have an issue with the way your election was run, therefore democracy is bad, that doesn't hold water to me. That's not super compelling for me. Um, And and I also, like, I understand, too, like, there is a lot of history, as you mentioned, um, with Hong Kong specifically, and you know, the, the people who live there, their level of, of of autonomy, being able to choose, you know, how their government is structured, all that stuff. I, I mean, there are like decades and, and centuries of conflict, of past history that like it's just it's it's a very complex thing. Um ultimately, and at the end of the day, I believe that people ought to be able to choose the system in which they live. That to me is so critically important. And again, like anybody who says otherwise is, you know. Wrong, probably evil, but definitely wrong. So you so you believe people should be able to vote, Brandon? Yeah, it's a shocking, right?
1: <laughs> shocking, man! shocking that I, I, I believe that, you know, I woke up the other day and I was like, I need to order tons of goods. But then I felt like my goods weren't moving fast enough. What's going on, Brandon? Alex, there's a giant ship stuck in the Suez Canal. (laughs) You like that pivot? Wow, that was that was was really good. I I
0: thought you were like pivoting into like a like a DoorDash ad. I'm like, did we finally get a sponsor? Um, DoorDash, uh, please sponsor. Oh my god, no, that's that's a great pivot. I love it. DoorDash. So when you when you want food but you don't want to go out, DoorDash. We actually used uh, we used Postmates yesterday. Uh, Cassie and I we bought. um, Well, Cassie bought this really awesome portable fire pit, and so we ordered. Some food from taco peddler and had our food outside uh, with this fire pit. It was really really fun, um, and we're looking forward to inviting you and Naya and other people over to hang out in our outdoor space safely and distanced, um, or when people get the vaccine to be right next to each other and slobbering on each other's faces. No, not that. But there's a giant okay. ship stuck in the U.S. Canal, Alex.
1: Before we go into that, really quick, regarding fire pit, I'm going to give you a tip and give a tip to everyone else, everyone out there. Okay, I just learned about this product. Uh, there's a couple of different names for it. it. It's called magical flames, or ultimate flames, or cosmic magical flames. It's packets of colorant that you add to your fire that turns your fire green, purple, blue, red. It's totally amazing. And I looked up the their are commonplace uh, chemicals that just that produce these chemical reactions that change the color of the fire. I highly recommend you look into it. Magical flames. This sounds a lot like people
0: disposing of their batteries in their fireplaces in the 40s and 50s.
1: <laughs> not sure if I trust no, this. No, it's it's common stuff. It's like you know, like table salt or or potassium, whatever. Um, it, I I looked up all benign. I mean, you wouldn't want to eat them, but they're not toxic in any regard. Anyway, so it's like a Bill Nye with, science experiment, and yeah, that's cool. Yes. I like it. All yes. right, yeah, in we'll your, check that out. In your fire, and it's totally—it is safe unless you eat it. I, because you know, we have little kids, we have toddlers. So I read a couple of kids have gotten sick from eating them. They didn't die. Uh, I so mean, that, yeah, you'll get sick from eating most things that are not food. So, that doesn't well, yeah, matter don't so eat. Much. Just because it makes the fire pretty doesn't mean that it tastes good. Anyway, okay, Suez Canal. Yeah, there's a giant ship. So why do I care, Brandon, about it's in Egypt? I don't care about that.
0: Yeah, let me let me give you a little background, too. Maybe folks already know this, but the Suez Canal, like you said, it's in Egypt. It connects the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, And the, the thing is, it basically provides a route from the Indian Ocean with Europe. So it's connecting East Africa and the Middle East, India, Asia with Europe. So pretty important, right? Pretty important shipping route. Five days a, five days ago, a 220,000 ton, so not 220,000 pounds, 220,000 ton cargo ship, nearly a quarter of a mile long, got stuck. Sideways in this canal, whether it's due to weather, or human error, they're still investigating. Here's the deal. Here, just like Joe Biden, here's the deal.
1: Okay? Wait, wait. Before here, you do that, deal, can folks. I just do? I wanted. I just had a couple talking points here. So the, the the canal was actually constructed in 1859. Did you know that? 1859 to 1869, and it reduces the length of travel by 5,500 miles or eight to ten days. So it's a big deal. This this canal is a big deal. In 2020, eighteen thousand five hundred vessels traveled through it. Okay, that's what I wanted to add. No, that's and I have a couple more
0: fun facts on it too, and that's that's a really prescient one. Um, but yeah, the ship got stuck sideways, and so you know this is costing. To your point about it being really important, ten billion dollars a day, right, and not being able to, to to put stuff through this, like twelve percent of commercial shipping and two that's na- five
1: that's five total worth of donald trump's a day
0: man that's a lot uh <laughs> two and a half percent of the world's oil goes through this thing 12 percent of all of our commercial shipping so here's the, like like you said um i don't know why i keep saying here's the deal but here's the deal like you here's said, the deal
1: here's the deal man here's the deal here, here, here's the deal friends
0: um Some ships have decided they're not waiting for this. It's already been five days. They don't know how much longer it's going to be. They've been going around the southern tip of Africa, which, like you said, adds maybe weeks to the journey and, like, tens of thousands of dollars in fuel every day. And so they've made some progress in freeing the ship. This is my favorite part. They hope that rising tides from the changing moon cycles will help free the ship so yes mother moon hopefully will be freeing this ship soon
1: oh moon move the giant vessel that's clogging our our economic artery come on moon i just i do love it. it's
0: like oh yeah the cycles of the moon will help free the ship and it's like again like i think you said earlier in the show imagine something that's a quarter of a mile long right i mean that this thing is
1: absolutely humongous it's very and difficult piled, to move by the way piled with like untold how many containers fit on that container ship i mean i looked at them like the, fifteen thousand shipping shipping the thing containers. is it, it's so big that the containers on the container which are massive they look like little toothpicks against the size of the ship that's It's the thing insane. Is,
0: I, I don't think people can appreciate the scale because you look at it at a picture of a satellite and it kind of just looks like a ship in a river and you're like oh just grab a tugboat and move it's like no dude like you can't move this thing so they have like 15 different tugboats there the other thing that's got kind of kind of freaky about it is that because the 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 nose of the ship and the end of the ship are both kind of grounded it means that the ship is not floating properly you know ships are supposed to float in water and so as the tides change if if the water goes down then the middle of the ship is kind of Sagging down, and they're concerned the whole thing could could break apart, maybe, and just be a huge mess. And so far, it's it's, it's holding together okay. But like, so okay. pray for the moon. Let's
1: hope we have a really strong moon cycle. <laughs> Can way. I? I want to make you laugh. So you know how I like to traipse into you know ultra right wing media and just kind of see what they're talking about. So I was into on, it like it's not your favorite source of news in the whole world. I mean, sometimes honestly, I'm not in the right mood. If I'm in the wrong mood, like I'm already kind of annoyed or like tired, I can't do it. But like when I'm in a when I'm in a good frame of mind and I want to like see how my bullshit detector's doing. Reminds I'll go into a mutual like
0: a friend of ours who always had Fox News on. You and you know what I'm talking about. Remain nameless.
1: Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm way further right than Fox. I'm over at Patriots.win. I don't recommend it. Um, it's basically a message board. <laughs> it's like it You're looks like the internet. By the fbi alex It looks like the internet looked, you know, 15 years ago, and people just post things and it's anyway. So there were tons of comments about. Trump was president, this would have been cleared out, you know, in three days with no evidence. What, I'm like, ship? why? Yeah, why? What the fuck's Trump gonna do about it? <laughs> I know it has nothing to do with the you United States to really? press it back into the water. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know, man. I it's funny over there. It's just like anything that happens that's that's bad. See, biden we knew we'd mess it up anything that happens is good it's like because trump was president Yeah, it's that's Biden's why. fault
0: that a giant cargo ship in egypt <laughs> ran aground totally his fault
1: because it was a super windy day and the tri- and the ship turned sideways and the canal is quite narrow i mean that pretty much it looks like you know from looking at the satellite images that ship needs to stay pretty much right in the middle of that canal the whole time and that seems difficult i mean those ships are huge yeah
0: no they are it's uh Yeah, it's it's funny. I just it's it's interesting to think about how, again, like we've talked about the infrastructure in the U.S. and how it needs to be upgraded and like the systems that we use to keep things running are actually pretty precarious. And this is another example across the world that's also true that you have this really tiny canal where a ship could just get stuck and just literally clog it for everybody
1: else. And now you can't move anything through it for like a week. So, yeah, just weird stuff. Yeah, but I did I did read this morning that a tugboat was able to move the ship slightly and everybody cheered. So maybe they're making some progress. And yeah, Mother Moon, Mother Moon. I'm kind of hoping that like a magical moonbeam will hit the ship and it will just fly. It'll just start <laughs> floating and it'll float all the way to the moon. And then, you know, when we get to the moon later, when we build colonies there, we'll already have some supplies. We'll probably <laughs> we'll have some bicycles and TVs, flat screens and microwaves up there, whatever else is in the containers. That would be. um both
0: very odd and also very wonderful yes yeah, <laughs> very,
1: very. this is odd that the that the uh, cargo ship floated all the way to the moon how did that happen that's, hmm. that's really odd my f- my faith in reality is is shaken um <laughs> okay so i want to i want to move on this might be our last story because it looks like we're getting pretty close did you have anything else you wanted to add before i move on to uh biden getting sued hardcore nope yeah let's go okay um, this is an interesting topic. I find it interesting. It it's been coming up's perennial come up over the course of the last 15 years. Talk about that Keystone XL pipeline and it was supposed to be a giant oil pipeline. It was going to supply 700,000 barrels of oil a day from Canada all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico for export. So, it wasn't even going to be used in the US. The oil was going to be sold all around the world. Canada was Super stoked, to say the least. Even their liberal, ecologically minded, um, very handsome. What is he? Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. Yes. Um, was not stoked about this. He he politely said, I wish Biden had not canceled this project because we really want it to occur. The U.S. total production of oil is nine point one million barrels a day. Um, and Keystone would have been seven hundred thousand. So like a big chunk. Right. Right. Um, China or sorry, Canada has already sunk one point five billion dollars into this project. And when Trump was president, he basically said, yep, I approve. Uh, We're doing Keystone. We're going to do it. And one of Biden's first uh, executive orders was to cancel the permits, So Keystone XL was shut down. Do you want to add anything to that before I talk about this new lawsuit? No, I think you summed it up pretty well. Okay, Um, so basically I'm getting this from Fox News. This you know, this is where I do see some Mr. Fox News. No, I'm serious. (laughs) This is Uh, we have Fox News correspondent Alex Golder on the scene. Alex, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Brandon, seriously, this is where I do actually see some media bias. This really wasn't reported on CNN. I really didn't see it on The New York Times. And I think this is worth thinking about and talking about. You know, I mean, on CNN, they just said Biden canceled Uh, the Keystone XL, but they didn't talk about this lawsuit. They didn't really go into detail on, you know, there, there are some possible economic benefit to it that I think is worth looking at. So now there's been a lawsuit first obtained by Fox news. It says it's led by Montana and Texas, but it's backed by 19 other States. We're talking Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, uh, North Dakota, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Joe Manchin, West Virginia, and Wyoming—they are suing the Biden administration because this pipeline was supposed to provide just shy of 4,000 jobs. That's, that's a not, lot of jobs. That's actually that's, not very many jobs at all. That's a lot of jobs. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: We have millions and (laughs) millions of like. It's it's funny because it is. That's the argument. That's the argument. It's like, oh, this is so important to our economy and so important to people's livelihoods. Like, well, no, because this project after it's completed will actually create very few permanent jobs. If you have a lot of temporary jobs, that's fine, but there are lots of other places where a country's infrastructure needs help. We may not have a narrow Suez Canal, but we have crumbling bridges, roads, we have, you know, water. I mean, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have drinkable water. Like there's a lot in this country that we should maybe be developing like a WPA type project for people to build stuff that we actually need and not a giant oil pipeline. Like, and, and no, if, if, I'm sorry, 4,000 jobs. I know that every job is important to every person. That's not a ton of jobs. And most of those jobs are not permanent.
1: So Montana's pissed about it. And the 4,000 jobs oh, are Montana's basically in-
0: pissed. Oh, look out here comes Montana. What are they going to do? They're, they're, well, they're going to sue. Giant landmass.
1: No people in it. <laughs> They're suing. That's what they're doing. So that most of those jobs, Do they, you know, they have lawyers they were, in Montana, Alex. Apparently they got they got one to Oh, well, <laughs> they have senators. I mean, they have a secretary of state, but I don't know why I'm um, in Montana so hard. It's fine. Yeah, it's a beautiful state. I mean, uh, so let's talk about this, though, because <laughs> if you were a politician and I was debating you, I would say, just answer the question, Brandon. Are you canceling jobs when you when you revoke? The Keystone XL pipeline permits Are you canceling jobs? Just say yes Or no, that's all you can say.
0: I would start by saying No, like if someone hedges <laughs> no, oh. Seriously, if someone hedges me into answering That way, I say no, and I let them Kind of scramble, like, what do you mean no? And then Then you get to articulate, right? So it's like you don't give well them, done. don't give them The well sound right. right? Republicans yes, have exactly. learned How to do this, right? Democrats are still A little, they, they're Not exactly sure how to answer questions like that But yeah, the proper response is to say no, let them Flounder, okay. Okay. and then they so, let you uh, clarify and then
1: you can say whatever you want okay so aspiring spying politicians brandon is offering his master class in political debate it's only 99 99, 99 we've plus had shipping three. and handling we-
0: <laughs> <laughs> just don't ship it through the suez canal
1: uh <laughs> yeah or keystone excel pipeline because it's yeah. not it's defunct. so i mean but what do you think about you know this idea that when the federal government does something um it it weakens the idea of a federal government to just have like you know one president comes in and says they can't do it then another president comes in and says they can then another president comes in and says they can't do it again uh, canada's already sunk 1.5 billion dollars into this project a bunch of it's already been constructed you know i've i've read and i'm not i i am an ecologist right i believe in green energy i think we need to be getting off oil goo as soon as we can but you know they're already shipping this oil And the way they're shipping it is in train cars. And a lot of people, you know, people who are middle of the road have said shipping oil in train cars is actually it's it uses way more energy. It's way more dangerous. Right. You get train cars if they derail and it falls over. A pipeline is in the ground. It can be monitored. It's a lot safer in some regards. I mean, what do you what do you say to the idea that maybe this Keystone thing is just like a pet issue and Biden is is just doing it mostly for optics? Well,
0: that's partially why, but it's also partially because the Keystone XL pipeline is not a good idea. And it also is partially, you remember, who is Biden's newly confirmed Secretary of the Interior? Deb Haaland. Who was literally... They're on-site protesting the construction of this pipeline, so he has people in his administration who obviously also don't think it's a good idea. Um, so, and when we say optics, like, I, I think that optics can sometimes have like, a, a, a negative connotation that you're, you're only doing something for the, the perception it creates. Well, guess what? sometimes that 's a good thing, if the perception that you 're creating is that we ought to take climate change seriously, that there are better ways to invest our money and our infrastructure to create those jobs that we talked about, then sometimes yes can I make I want to make a quick point jobs, jobs
1: jobs jobs jobs
0: jobs jobs then yes, sometimes it is good to use your office you know as the president to send a signal that here are the things that we care about and this is one way in which we demonstrate that we care about it. So it doesn't mean that Joe Biden solves climate change by canceling Keystone. That's not what we're talking about. What we are saying is because he does believe in the science of climate change because he has people on staff who don't think that this is a good this is a good idea because there are a lot of really good reasons not to go through with it therefore this is something that demonstrates my commitment to these things and these values and so i think that that's a completely fair way to use the office of the president frankly
1: yeah and i think the strongest argument against keystone is the way that it was forced over native lands i think it you know that for me is one reason why we we should cancel this there was a lot of opposition i don't think the federal i think the government should treat you know native lands as as sacred and allow people self-determination on those lands and so for me that's sort of the strongest argument against it honestly because i'm not for keystone xl honestly you know i ride my bike to work i want to buy a fully electric car at some point in the future like i'm off oil i think it's you know it's time that we found other ways to move around and transport ourselves whatever else but um yeah, you bring up some good points, Brandon. I agree with you. And I actually I'm still on the fence whether I think this is good optics. I think it's it easily plays into the hands of Republicans. You know, they can this has been such a hot button issue for so long, but I guess Biden has concluded that it's better for him to offer this to his base than it is uh damaging for him to give the Republicans another talking point. I mean, they're going to come up with something, right? Well, obviously they're going to come up with something. Yeah. Um
0: They always <laughs> yeah, right. do. They always do.
1: But, they're yeah. they're ama- they're amazing. Well, you know, I, uh, I I think that's all I have to say about that particular topic, Brandon. You know, I think I think that's that's it for Keystone XL. What's on your mind? I mean, do you have any other points you want to you want to traipse into here? I don't think that I do. I'm not I'm not sure if you're trying to pivot me to the outro or not, but I. <laughs> I think I am. I, I'm going to save Myanmar because I don't want to comp- – that is such a huge topic. And I, honestly – I started
0: researching. Do you want to get, get – can you give a 30-second overview for people who don't know what you're talking about? Because I, I was – I saw in the notes and I did some research and I'm like, wow, this is a lot to unpack. And so I agree we should Ooh. maybe keep – but what's a 30-second, a 45-second
1: overview of what you're what you're talking about? Oh, my God. I don't even know. I mean I've, I did a bunch of research. Together, that's fine too. No, I just I want to I want to maybe just say my heart goes out to the people of Myanmar. Um, It it is a country right now that is undergoing an incredible amount of social unrest, and there are... So many incredibly brave people there who are literally risking their lives to go protest against this military coup that has occurred. There's so much history in that country of violent coups and military takeovers. You know, they there's it's just a good reminder that we're on an island here in the United States. You know, in in Myanmar. In On August 8th, 1988, they had this protest called the 888 protest. It was just one of military takeovers and, and violent coups that have occurred. And 10,000 protesters were killed. This was back in 1988. And so they've just had basically coup after coup. There's been this this uh, leader there, Aung San Suu Kyi, who won a Nobel Prize and was elected. Um, to, to, to lead the country. And basically the military was looking at, at a reduction in, in its power. And so decided, you know, we can't allow this to happen. And I think it's just instructive that, you know, the military there in, in Myanmar is claiming voter fraud, just the same way Donald hair Trump claimed in our country with zero evidence whatsoever only in Myanmar you know the country was unstable enough that the military was actually able to take power away from the rightful winner of 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 an election there and so people there have been protesting it's it's heartbreaking i mean what's interesting about Myanmar is the government makes a ton of money through these two corporations that they run they sell alcohol they sell tobacco they sell all kinds of crap and people in in Myanmar are are avoiding these companies attempting to strangle the the military's economic um engines and they're going out and protesting mothers are giving their children hugs and kisses before they leave knowing that you know they could be killed the the government recently said quote you could be shot in the head or the back if you come out to protest. It's just wow. absolutely awful what's going on. And I want to I want to go more into detail. I mean, I, I feel like I didn't do it justice. Not even close. I think we should we should give it a good, honestly, like 20 minutes. We should just look into what's going on there, the history of it. Um, but I, I, yeah, just as as a maybe a teaser for maybe the next episode, you should read a little bit about it. if If you don't know what's going on there. It's it's basically hell on earth for the for the people that are trying to protest, trying to hear their have their voices heard. You know, people were very, very hopeful that this most recent election would be one in which their self-determination would be honored. And it hasn't been the case. Um, And, you know, make a donation, you know, educate yourself on it. Obviously, there's a lot of problems all over the world, but I think this is one worth looking at. I think that's a really good
0: summary, and I agree with you. I think that it it makes sense to maybe dive in on it a little bit Um, the next time we come up with an episode uh, and if you want to keep track of us, in the meantime, uh, we would love to see you at RememberPolySci.com That's remember com. You can also subscribe to us on basically any podcatcher whether it's Apple Podcasts Google Play, doesn't really matter um, We would appreciate your subscription and review uh, and that's pretty much it for me, I appreciate you all, until next time I'm Brandon, that's Alex, this is Remember Polisci.
1: It's <laughs>